Welcome to episode 324 of Crack the Customer Code. Please turn your volume up to awesome. So we're going to try something a little different for this podcast episode, and I'm going to tell you a story. And you may pick up a little thunder in the background. We are recording here during uh, one of our lovely Central Florida storms. But I want to tell you a story I used to have in a speech of mine, and I'll adapt it a little bit for the uh, podcast environment. But it's a good story with a good message. And it's about the time I cut my hand opening a uh, plastic clamshell case. So I keep a little pocket knife on my keychain, and it's like a typical little Swiss Army knife. It's got a very sharp blade, but it's also very unstable, as you can imagine. Now, I grew up third-generation entrepreneur. I grew up in small business. I worked in a warehouse for most of high school. You know, I'd pick orders, unload containers, pack orders for shipping. So I knew how to cut a box open, right? I know how to pack a box, how to cut safely, how to use a box knife, keep it away from me. So I was a box knife expert. Now, a few years back, I'm having one of those honeydew weekends, right? Honeydew this, honeydew that. We all know the joke. And we're having to replace the toilet paper holder on the wall. So we buy this thing, and it must be the most special, best toilet paper holder in the world because that's the only reason I can imagine they would pack it in the way they did because it's in that horrible clamshell packaging. And I mean, you know, the kind you really need the jaws of life life to open. And I'm using like the dullest pair of scissors you can imagine. And it's just not even getting close to getting through. So I grab my trusty little pocket knife. Now, you know, I've got a bachelor's, a box, a master's in mailing, a PhD in packing peanuts. I am a box expert. So guess what happens? That's right. I cut my hand wide open. All right. There's blood. It's all over the bathroom floor. You know, it's sprayed on the cabinet, the sink. And you know, customer experience in the healthcare system. We've talked about it a lot on the podcast. So the first thought's not even for my hand. It's like, wow, there goes my night. If I only knew what I was about to get into. So I run some water over it, wrap it in a towel, and I call my wife and she's at the grocery store. And I'm like, have you started shopping yet? And I get that. Why do you ask? So I tell her what has happened and encourage her that she may want to get home because if I have to drive myself to the hospital, we're going to have blood all over the car. Now, we make a calculation. We talk to each other and we figure that because it's a pretty minor injury that we are better off going to the quick clinic. And I'll use a generic name because I'm not going to call out the company here. Uh, as opposed to the emergency room because at the emergency room, I'm going to get you know triaged behind more serious things. And we figured at the quick clinic, uh, my cut on the hand would put us closer to the front of the line. Little did we know. So get to the quick clinic. They've got this computer registration system where you basically put in your entire medical history and that's okay. I have my wife. She's going to put it in while I sit there with the bloody towels wrapped around my hand. Unfortunately, she gets a business call. So she has to run out, which means I have to register myself with one hand. So I'm sitting there hunting and pecking with my one finger. And there's this lady behind me who's going to have to use the keyboard after me. Now, remember, I have this white bandage with blood coming through a hand in the air. And she's got this look on her face like there's not enough Lysol in the world. So finally, I get registered. I go, I sit down. And within a couple of minutes, they call me back. And I look at the nurse, I'm walking back, I'm like, oh, thank you so much, Lucille, I appreciate you getting me back so quickly. And she looks at me, and she's got this southern drawl, she's like, oh, honey, you ain't back, we just cleaning you up. She essentially does a field dressing, like we're in a mash unit, and then sends me back to the lobby with this big, bulky, temporary gauze wrap. Now, I'm back in the lobby, my wife and I are discussing her options, I can't work because my hand's wrapped in something the size of a sharper image pillow. We're both starving. 
So we asked how much time we have. And what we heard next was not what you would call reassuring. The lady at the desk says, you've got plenty of time. Dr. Kutras is working tonight. Now, teachable moment. When I teach communication and setting expectations to frontline teams, this is not how we do it. So we decide we're going to go and run to dinner and then come back. Uh, so we go to dinner, and that was quite a scene itself, as you can imagine, with the big gauze pad in the air. But eventually we get back to the quick clinic, and they take me back almost immediately. So I'm like, sweet, we timed it just right. This was, you know, It was a rocky start, but now we're cooking. Uh, so we get back there, uh, excuse me, I get back there behind these little curtain divider rooms they have, just like you've seen in the emergency room. And then I'm waiting. And I'm waiting. And I am waiting. And I am there for, I think, about 45 minutes. And the nurses come in and out a few times, set up a tray, organize some things. About 45 minutes later, Dr. Kutras finally walks in. Now, the two nurses are standing there ready to assist. I look at him. I start to smile, say hello. He doesn't even look at me, doesn't even make eye contact. He glares right at the two nurses and erupts. Why is this tray not set up? How am I supposed to do my job when the tools aren't ready? When I come in a room, I should have everything I need so I can do my job. Boom. Walks out. Now, remember, I am just sitting on the bed basically with my jaw dropped. And I'm just looking, I'm looking at the nurses. They're staring at me. He just literally left. And the nurses are exchanging that look that employees have when their boss is uh, not the best person to be working for. And is that there goes Dr. Kutras look again. But they're professional enough not to say anything in front of me. Now, what was even worse was what they did to fix the problem. The cure to this great transgression, after I had been waiting all this time, was they took the plastic wrap off the utensils and moved it three feet from the counter to a place right next to me. That was it. That was the great offense that caused my doctor to walk out. Now, I'm a customer service guy. Most of you have listened to the podcast. You know me. I tend to be a pretty patient customer because I know how hard it is to deliver customer service. You know that scene in the Hulk, you know, the pants are starting to rip and he's turning green and you're not going to like me when I'm angry? That's about how it felt at that moment. Because I've been there, you know, this has been a multi-hour process already. Then it got worse. The doctor left my room and I assumed he was going to check a file or just, you know, teach the nurses a lesson for a couple minutes. So I bit my tongue and assumed he's going to come right back. And he did come back, just not to my room. He starts with the patient next to me. So at this point, I'm past the two-hour mark. This guy with the Napoleon complex is talking ever so slowly with the patient in the next room while I sit there bleeding, listening to it all. Now, I've been gone so long that my wife finally came back from the lobby to check on me. Now, you know, if you've been married or been in a long-term relationship, you have that special language where you don't even have to say anything. So she knew instantly, as soon as she saw my face, that something was wrong. So I'm explaining the situations in really hushed tones. And, you know, we come to this realization that they've got us. And it's one of the worst things you can do in customer experience is have a captive customer and abuse that power. Because what are we going to do? Walk out and protest? Start over at the emergency room? That'd be another three hours minimum. And the worst parts, I can't even complain. You know how you don't complain in the drive-thru till after you get your food? That's right. I've got a guy who's about to run a needle through my flesh multiple times. So this story has a lot to unpack, and there's a lot of different lessons in here. Uh, but one of the important lessons of this story is this. The product was good. The stitches were well done. He was careful giving the anesthetic. He was really gentle putting in the stitches. And even today, I have only the faintest of scars. But here's the thing. Product quality is not enough. 
Today, it is about the experience. It is about the customer journey. And I had a miserable journey. It failed across the board. It failed on first impressions. It failed on systems. It failed on communication. It failed, obviously, on training. And it failed on empathy, right? It failed on simply caring, on having a customer-centric culture and attitude. And Dr. Kutros was the leader, and he failed to lead with that attitude, with that customer-centric focus. And this goes for any organization today. It doesn't matter if it's Apple. It doesn't matter if it's Tesla. A good product is not enough if the experience is not there to support it. If the experiential elements, the human elements in particular, that surround that product, its purchase, its use, its support, are not excellent, if the experience surrounding the product is not great, the product is almost never enough. So thought we'd take a little break from our regularly scheduled program and do a little story, but there's a valuable lesson in this story. Nowadays, a great product simply isn't enough. Alrighty, thanks so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. If you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? Our subscribers get newly released episodes immediately and our undying gratitude. Crack the Customer Code is a proud member of C-Suite Radio. Be sure to check out all the great business content at csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. We appreciate you spending your valuable time with us. You can check out my partner, Jeannie Walters, at experienceinvestigators.com. She's got a trademark customer experience investigation process that you simply have to find out about. And I'm Adam DePork, and you can learn more about me and our customer service, workshops, training, and virtual training at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.